vanish forever all thoughts of ever seeing England again. Twenty fifth of October, eighteen thirty one. This is the first entry in the journal of Sims Covington, fiddler and boy to poop deck on the HMS Beagle. Today we were joined by the ship's new naturalist, Charles Darwin. It is unusual to have both a surgeon and a naturalist, but Cap's interest laid more in a companion than a mere collector. As such, he would not settle for a man who was not recommended as both a gentleman and a naturalist. What the hell was that? I don't know. Let me check. Mr. Darwin, are you okay, sir? Yes! <laughs> uh, no, no. I'm in a heap of trouble trying to tame this beast. How does one mount a hammock without harshly landing on one's posterior? My every attempt has been most futile. Observe. It's most ludicrous. My jockey ship is letting me down at such an inconvenient time. I think I understand. Your great fault is in trying to put your legs in first. What's wrong with that? With the hammock being suspended, all it's going to do is swing in the other direction. It will not remain stable long enough for you to enter. Okay. But what if I were to quickly insert my second foot by dexterously jumping before I had a chance to retreat? Uh, that's not going to work. I think it could. No, you're just going to entangle yourself and flip over the ammo. Don't underestimate me, Covington. I have mounted horses twice your size. A mere rag of cotton is not going to... As expected, the Yamak cared little for his ego. Would you like me to show you, sir? Yes. The correct method is to sit accurately in the centre, then give yourself a dexterous twist, and your head and feet will effortlessly slide into their respective places. Allow me to demonstrate. Aha! Uh -huh. Simply fascinating! Odd little fellow. Captain almost refused to have him on board. Says with a nose like that, he'd be no good. It betrays a lack of energy and determination. It's science, he says. 4th of December. The crew has been hard at work readying the Beagle for its upcoming voyage. I'm told we're to depart Plymouth soon. I'm excited at the thought of the adventures we will embark on. Ah. Orpington, you're just the man I need. Uh, Covington, sir. Sure. Uh, anyway, follow me. I have an important task for you. Well, what do you think? About... My cabin. I feel it needs to be repainted. I'm thinking French grey, or maybe dead white. Well, I would say French grey, sir. Dead white for all its charm is quite a nightmare. It's easily sullied by an errant foot or handprint. Hmm, I see. Good point. I feel as a surgeon I'm expected to have white, though. Like an infirmary. Do, do you know what I mean? It is up to you, sir. No offence, but it seems you're not grasping the importance of this decision. Dead white, then. You think? Yeah, that's a good shout. I mean, grey is just a darker shade of white. Why not just go for the original? You know what I mean? You're a top lad, Billington. 
Cool. Thank you very much for your help. Invaluable. 13th of November. Today we were joined by three Fuegian savages. Cap had come into their possession during the Beagle's first voyage. I attempted to communicate with them as I'd heard from Derbyshire that these people eat other people. This was not a face I felt comfortable with. <clears throat> Hello. M my name is Sims Covington. I just want to let you know that I am pale. I'm bony and I taste insipid. I just say insipid in savage. You know I speak English, in right? Insipid. Bad. Not good. Ah, Jemmy. I see you're making some new friends. Good. Social skills are important. I, I don't know this idiot. He thinks we're cannibals. What? No. I mean, maybe sometimes they eat the elderly, but only when food is scarce. So it is true then. Uh, Captain, could you tell him I would taste really bad? Like porridge? No, 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 worse than porridge. Maybe I'd be alright with a little seasoning, but then it's just seasoning. But like I would add nothing to the meal. At this point, might as well get chicken. We don't eat people. Covington, these aren't your typical Fuegians. No, 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 no. These were carefully selected to be brought back to England to educate and civilize them. That way, upon their return, they could elevate their countrymen from brute creation to gentlemen. What? That's not what happened. You kidnapped us. Ah, there you go again with your big words. No, it's more like exchanged. As in for money? For gold? Buttons? Uh, but, but what difference does it make? What? Oh, wow. Buttons? Not even real money? No, but it was a mother of pearl button. It's really valuable, you know. One button. A best boy is worth a thousand pounds at the auction house. What do they have that I don't? Nothing. You're great. It's just... Fuegians are a little less expensive. That's how the market works. Oh, wow. Oh, Jemmy. Just don't talk to me. Don't be like that. You're going to make me feel bad. Sir, sir, sir. Uh, sorry to interrupt you. Uh, it's just uh, about the whole eating. We don't eat people. We've been over this, Covington. I know you said that, it's just... The big one has been staring at me for ten minutes now, and he's got this cabbage in his breast pocket. Who? York Minster? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, okay, he's weird. I don't know about him, just, just don't get too close. I knew what had to be done. I made sure to establish a salt and pepper free zone around my hammock. I will not give him the satisfaction of seasoning me. 11th of December. Our voyage to uncharted climes was once again cut short after less than a day. I'm starting to realise the harsh nature of the sea. The gales had such fierceness that Cap feared the beagle could be lost before ever departing. I'm constantly reminded that, despite being one of the most modern ships, our survival would depend on the ability of her officers. I thought you liked your room. You've been marvelling at the beauty of this ship. Yes, but it's tiny. It's a boat. Every room is tiny. Yours isn't. I'm the captain. Besides, yours is fine. If I were in your place, I would be delighted. Well, let's try it then. Um, no, it's um, no, let, let's not do that. And what about that atrocious mast running through the middle? Can't you do something about it? I don't know. 
move it to McCormick's cabin. About that, I happen to object. I think it should remain in his cabin. I'm not moving the mast because it's a bloody mast. This is ridiculous. Since we're on the subject of change and movement, I'd like to say I'd be happy to reclaim my post as the ship's naturalist. If that's something you'd be keen on, you know. No pressures, just something I thought you should maybe consider. McCormick, you're an ass. The argument kept going as the three men headed back to the upper deck. Darwin returned to his room, livid. 14th of December. Today, Darwin asked me to adjust his anarch as he cannot, for the life of him, understand the techniques which I displayed. Rather than acknowledge his failure, he blames a guy called Newton. 15th of December. McCormick is considering changing to French Grey. I don't know, Rampington. French Grey is nice, but there's just something about dead white. Yes, but French Grey is easier to maintain. I see what you mean, I really do. It's just, I don't know, there's just so much pressure. Like, what if I get this wrong, you know what I mean? He decided to stick with dead white. I hope I never have to hear about this again. 16th of December. I was once again called to Darwin's cabin. He proudly claims to have trained himself to a regular method in dressing and undressing, adapted to his new environment. I am unsure as to why he felt the need to demonstrate it to me. 20th of December. Captain is confident we will finally leave Plymouth. The conditions are perfect. 30.3 inches on the barometer. And would you look at those gorgeous mare's tails all spreading towards the new world and those sharp clouds arising from the east. See that chimney? The smoke is going up, up, up high in the air and then zwoosh, it turns westward. <sighs> Magnificent. The only bit I understood was the chimney part, but I am delighted we are finally leaving. All hands on deck. Let's get moving, lads. Raise the anchor. Lower the sail. Well, what are you waiting for? I gave you an order. Chop, chop. It's Mellor, sir. He says he saw a man keeping a black cat under a tub. On shore, sir. What does that have to do with anything? It's a sailor's partition, sir. What? You know, like, never take bananas on a fishing boat. Or, always twirl both sides of your moustache in the same direction. And never do your laundry on a Wednesday. Really? Never heard of that one. I don't know. That's what my mum says. Point is, sir, we're not comfortable leaving today. It's bad luck. But, but, the sky. Who cares about your mum's dirty laundry? Let's go now. It's been six weeks. Oh, for Christ's sake! What's special about Wednesdays? Uh, you know, housewives, they'll believe anything. The new world will have to wait another day. I wonder if we'll ever leave. 21st of December. This morn, conditions for sailing again were perfect, and we finally raised anchor. We almost made it out the arbour, but Cap sailed straight onto a rock. The ship was trapped for seven hours. We attempted every manoeuvre to free it, but to no avail. Eventually, Cap had a peculiar idea. Gentlemen, gather all on the starboard side of the deck. Now, everybody, are you ready? We'll do a little exercise. I want you all to run to port. Now, come on, keep it up, keep it up. 
<sighs> what a lovely day for a little stroll around the market. It's gorgeous. Bananas, pineapples, oranges, fruits of every colour. Oh, what's that? Mate Stewart stole an apple? Run to starboard before the police catch you. That was close. Gather your breath, lads. We're safe. Is that a dog I see over there? A beautiful golden retriever? Who's a good boy? You are. Yes, you are. <gasps> oh, no. Mate Derbyshire stepped on its tail. Run from the beast! This went on for a little while until the beagle rocked itself out of its trap. It was quite the innovation, but it did little for Darwin's sensitive stomach. At last, we are on our way. I watched my dear England sink below the horizon for as long as I could. I hope to see these shores again. Someday. Twenty-second of December. It has been twenty-four hours since we left England. All are excited except Darwin. Ever since he woke up, he has been in a state of mild panic. It's my compass. Some vile spirit has bewitched it. What makes you think that? Look at it. It's all wrong. We are headed west by south, but it persists in indicating northeast. Could it be? No, 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 no. It must be bewitched. That's the only rational explanation. The compass was not bewitched. We are back in Plymouth. 23rd of December. I once again found the York Minster staring. I tried to communicate with him. He responded with grunts. I'll make sure to stay away from him. 25th of December. We have delayed our departure to celebrate Christmas. I attended a Mass at St Luke's. It is a beautiful church. The parish's recent additions of a front gallery, a new pulpit and comfortable oak pews are truly impressive. When I returned, I was surprised to find that the entire ship had been taken over by revelry. I'm yet to see a man sober. He's completely bully. He can't even walk. Help me, Bob. I'm bully in the alley. Way, bully in the alley. Help me, Bob. I'm bully in the alley. Bully down the chimney now. Sally is the girl that I love dearly. Way, on sentry duty, stumbled below, intoxicated. He is now deservedly in chains. 26th of December. Another opportunity to depart is wasted by the state of disarray our vessel finds itself in. The drinking has left our men in chains or on the floor. The wait is unpleasant as the prisoners are intent on sharing their misery with us. Hey, come here, boy. 
Get me some water, will you? I'm dying in here. Well, what are you waiting for? I'm talking to you, you pigeon lover, gip face. I saw a demon owl today. Darwin calls him Taito Alba. Doesn't give their creepy face justice. I'm sorry, boy. Please help me. Please help your old mate Pringle. 27th of December. Today, we finally made it away from Arbor. Cap attempted to mark our departure with a stirring speech. This, gentlemen, will be the journey of a lifetime. By the time we return, we shall be old men. Uh, we shall sit by the fire and tell such wondrous tales. Think of the stories we'll... Lieutenant Wickham, could you tell the prisoners to be quiet, please? I'm trying to make a speech. Quiet! Thank you. Think of the... Uh, Charles, are you okay? I'm not feeling too good. Can I just say, sailing runs through my blood. I can handle the sea which would allow me to carry out my job under yeah. adverse conditions. Oh, you're an ass, McCormick. I beg to differ. I'm a charming young man. I'm also enthusiastic, hardworking, and have experience in specimen Will collecting. Will you two and... just stop it? I'm trying to inspire our crew. As I was saying, when I think of the lands and seas, we are going to see... Uh, Charles, where are you going? I think I need to lie down. Now, do you have any idea how that makes me look? Charles? Sir, if I may say that I, I recently spent a year in Edinburgh to further my knowledge in both biology and... I said and not now, goddammit! French Grey was... was better. Wit. Wellington, I should never have listened to you. That's what I told you! It doesn't matter! Let me finish my speech! Sorry, sir. It was Bendington. It wasn't me. <clears throat> now, where were we? Uh, yes, uh, when I think of the lands. What's that now? God damn it! I believe it's Darwin, sir. He still struggles with his hammock. I can use a hammock. Sick! Now, as I was saying, when I think of the lands... Sorry, sir, it's Melish. He says he tried not to scream, but it's hard. Is there a way you could do your speech and let him scream a little? I don't think it's healthy to hold it in like that. I was asked to fiddle to cover the incessant moaning with a more harmonious sound. When I think of the adventures, Will, it's hard to convince myself that that we shall follow in Captain Cook's footsteps. Oh, for Christ's sake! Get back to work! All of you! Um, yeah. I'm now boy to poop deck only. But we have left Plymouth. Thank you for listening to this presentation of The Devolution of the Species. Created by Cameron Gray, Abraham de Kuniak, and George Corrigan. With original music composed by Matthew McCracken. Sims Covington was played by Christopher Adams. Captain Robert Fitzroy by Ross Kernahan. 
Charles Darwin by Rupert Sadler Dr. Robert McCormick by Freddie O'Donoghue Alexander Derbyshire by Johnny Gill Jemmy Button by Lewis Pyers Arthur Mellersh by Richard Elliott and Lieutenant Wickham by Richard Brabin This episode was recorded at the London Film School by Cameron Hills.